0: The quality of the following podcast you're about to listen to is a tad questionable considering it was recorded over a Zoom call, keeping in mind the norms of social distancing. And if you're someone who likes their content crisp and to the point, you could head over to our YouTube channel, VU TV by Vijay Bhumi. I repeat, VU TV by Vijay Bhumi, where you could find small videos featuring key takeaways from all the sessions that you listen to on the VU TV show. Enjoy.
1: A very good evening to one and our present. Welcome to our pilot
2: episode of our new series on VU TV called Express with Ease, with Students Speak. Uh, we are joined by four very, three very dynamic students uh, studying in the various different parts of the country. And it's my honor and privilege to have them on our episode today. So first, we are joined by Mr. Arman Bamsai. Uh, Arman is a senior school student of the International School Bangalore. Uh, Arman is an avid reader, an avid debater, and is somebody who really has a lot of knowledge on a wide variety of contemporary topics, especially literature topics. So thank you so very much, Arman, for joining us this evening. It's uh, really our pleasure to have you on this episode. Uh, we're also joined on this episode by Ms. Ria Puri. Ms. Ria Puri is a senior at the Sriram uh, Shriram School Street in Delhi. She's an avid reader and writer and often takes part in various modern United Nations. Uh, she's the author of a blog that focuses mainly on youth's perspective on current affairs. So I don't think we could have had a better panelist than her for our pilot episode today. Welcome, Ria. Thank you so much for joining us this evening.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Uh, We are also joined by Mr. Virat Chaudhry. Virat Chaudhry is a student of Pathway School, Gurgaon. Uh, He's moving to his final year, and he also happens to have a very avid interest in theatre and is an avid reader. Thank you so much, Virat, for joining us this evening on this pilot episode of Powers.
4: Thank you for having me.
2: Great. So for all, our, uh, for all our viewers joining us today, uh, we are gonna make this session as interactive as possible. We have three students who have been experiencing online education for the past three months. Uh, please make sure that you ask us a lot of questions. You will notice that there is a chat box that is available on your right. So make sure that you interact with us. If you have any questions during the session, feel free to shoot it out there. We're gonna be taking it up in our audience to one era. Um and also I must tell you, we have a form that has gone live where we would like to know a little bit more about you. And for the students who are joining us today on this episode, if any of you are interested to be welcomed on our series as student panelists, like our three panelists we have today, please feel free to fill out the form and we will reach out to you shortly. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. So you know, I'm gonna start off with my first question. And my first question is this that some states in India had restricted online education up to grade five. Do you think it is a violation of the right to education of students? So if I first could hear Ria on this question.
3: Uh, So thank you, Kritika. While I do believe that many students during the time of lockdown are losing out on crucial study time as well as academics, it's extremely important to keep in mind the quality of education that they imparted online so although we have adapted to an online medium it's extremely tough to keep the online system going and with the connectivity issues that india experiences it is indeed tough and considering the fact that we are in the middle of a pandemic it does not seem to be a right of violation. it does not seem to be a validation to the right of education to me because i believe that the health of the students must be a priority
2: All right. So that, uh, so, you know, like, I think Surya has driven home the point that we have to value health more than education at this point of time. Any of our other panelists who have a counter opinion on this question?
0: Uh, so I personally don't hold this opinion, but I know people who do. Um, and they say that the constitutional um, amendment says that everyone has a right to education and that elementary education is compulsory. So. Stopping elementary education until grade five in this period could be interpreted as a violation of the constitutional right. Uh, Moreover, it also states that everyone has the right to choose the type of education their child receives. So enforcing um, an online medium of education on all the children who are school-going could also be interpreted as a violation of the right to choose the type of education received.
2: Okay, that's a very interesting perspective. That you think that you know enforcing online education is actually a violation of the right to choose what kind of education you'd like to opt for. I think that's a very interesting perspective. What about you, Viraj? What do you think? That do you think this is a violation of you know the right to education by you know restricting online education for students up to grade five?
4: So um, I don't actually believe it's a, a violation to the right of education because um, the states. It's like for example, the state of Karnataka. Has restricted online education for grades up to grade five, but they have still provided the grades with um, pre recorded classes. So the children are still getting the same amount of education and the same learning that they'll get in the syllabus. It's just not online because online causes a lot of um, uh, barriers that the school just couldn't pass. And there were various parents who were complaining about the extra fees um, given by this, asked by the school for online classes on top of the monthly fees. And in the current situation of the world, um, I mean, everybody is affected, and um, even uh, extra extra expenditure like like online classes can have a great impact on some families. So um, restricting online education only is not a, a violation of uh, the student rights because the RTE the Right of Education Act states that uh, students from you know children between the ages of six and fourteen in India are required to be to to be taught and uh, given the syllabus. which the school is still providing
2: i think that is those are some very interesting perspectives coming from the three of you now this brings me to my next question and i also see that i think a large part of why parents felt very strongly about you know exposing students and restricting their online education was because they felt that you know exposing their students to screen time is going to be very harmful for them so what is your take on this? You know, if I may first take this question to Arman, like what is your take on this? You are experiencing online education. So if you can actually throw some light on this from your personal experience, do you think this is a valid reason to, you know, actually say that, you know, we should restrict online education? Today? Um,
0: It's a very interesting question because that's the main uh, counterpoint to people implementing online education. The counterpoint is that they'll be spending a lot of time on uh, virtual devices and thus it could damage their vision or damage their focus. Um, And the only counterpoint or answer to that doubt would be that it's not ideal, but it's the only option available for at least senior students. Uh, My school, for example, has done certain alternatives where they have offline activities. They ask us to fill out workbook pages or make a chart or do something that can be done off the computer and upload whatever we've made um, to a shared file. And uh, while those activities are very much possible, it's not realistic to say that the entire class can be conducted online. So, um, in my opinion, I think that online school does not have good effects in all cases in the long run, but it's the only option available to most right now. What
1: about you, Virat? What do you think about it?
0: So um, uh, definitely,
4: I agree. Um, and uh, the, the, the problems that the, these parents are experiencing are first-world problems that um, you know, uh, that we are, um, you know, uh, we are lucky enough to have such um, devices that can provide us with these kind of exposures. While many people have no education whatsoever, so um, having these kind of problems are still problems. They're just first-world problems, which um, are, are still advocate problems.
2: Viya, yeah, would you like to add something to that?
3: Yeah, so agreeing with Aman's point, it's not the most practical situation for any student to be exposed to screen time of maybe five to six hours too. But this current generation is growing up in the technological era and we have been prior exposed. So given that exposure, plus adding the time that we spend on school, which may be around three to four hours, depending on each school, some schools make their students do a full 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. day, whereas some schools are restricted to maybe four hours of online classes. So that entire screen time, as well as the evening time where the students are still stuck at home within lockdown and they do not have much to do, parents have given their children the liberty to be on screens as much as they wish. It's not only good for the students' eyesight, I mean, it's not good for the students' eyesight, but it's also not good for their brain because it's a lethargic activity to just be staring at a screen and it does tire one out mentally.
2: So I think that's those are some very valuable inputs coming from all of you. Now you know I think this is going to be the moot question of today's discussion, which is that do you think that remote learning can replace traditional schooling in India? I mean, what is it that you have gained out of your experiences? So if we can hear from Arma, uh, from uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Raj first on this.
4: So um, in my opinion, remote learning has been introduced at this scale as a temporary means to combat the challenges of pursuing education while practicing social distancing. So um, traditional learning doesn't just empower students with bookish knowledge, but also equips the students with valuable life skills and um, through social constructs. And in my experience, remote learning, um, I missed out on harnessing some skills as well as some learning methods, uh, like practical for science and sports and
0: many others.
1: Arman, what do you think about this?
0: Um I sort of had a different opinion on it. Uh, because in my view, online schooling could be a good alternative for those who have to stay at home as well as uh, receive an education. For example, people with um home commitments such as caring for their siblings or starting to earn from a young age. If we could implement online schooling in those cases, it could be a valuable alternative for them to continue their education. Um, however, I don't think it's viable as a long-term solution in every case because Uh, most of the teachers in the system are not experienced with um, such mediums of learning and um, as such they wouldn't be able to conduct all classes all the time um, as such.
1: Jia, would you like to uh, share your answer to this question with us? Yes,
3: Kritika. So I believe that so I believe that India in today's day and age is not advanced enough to carry out proper online learning that, say, a developed country such as the United States may. But the, but we do see that an online and digital revolution is coming our way. So maybe 10 years down the line, things will be completely different. But today, if we're looking at the perspective that the students are currently going through, then we face connectivity issues. And this isn't only in the rural areas, but as well as the big cities. Because personally, I too do, do, do face connectivity issues when trying to join the class, And there are a few security issues that arise with some platforms, such as Zoom has experienced some security issues in its sessions. So given that today's day and age, online learning may not be an exact alternative. But given the fact that the transition to online learning was made overnight, I think it's working out as well as it could.
2: Thank you so much, Ria, and I must share with all of you that while you guys were giving us your answers, we actually ran a poll to check with our audience who has who have joined us today that do you do they think that remote learning will be, replace traditional schooling and eighty seven percent of them agree with you guys that remote learning will not replace traditional schooling, So I think we're all pretty much on the same page on this particular question. So you know, I've got a very interesting question from the audience, and I can't stop myself. Uh, from asking you guys this question at this junction, and somebody asks us that how can we ensure that parents at home are providing education to students in the same way that it's delivered in schools. So obviously now with online education, there's also an increased burden on parents, right? Uh, They have to, at a lot of times, be there with their children and sort of monitor them while they're doing those activities. Plus also to be there with them, hand-holding them through whatever doubts, etc., that they might have. Uh, and also ensuring that they're giving them, you know, all the skills that probably the school's not able able to deliver to them effectively over the online medium, you know, through the offline medium. So how do you think parents need to gear up themselves? You know, what is the kind of role that parents are playing? So if I can hear from you guys on this question, and I'd invite Riya's inputs on this first.
3: So... I believe that everyone learns as they go. Nobody saw this part coming, and these are completely unprecedented times. But many parents have been gaining exposure to this medium of learning over the past three months, as it's not something we're new to now. We're fairly accustomed to it. So parents, on their fact, can try their best to be an emotional support to the students that... It may be tough for you and you may be missing that social support that you receive in school, but we're there for you as well. And they can try their best in the subjects that they may be able to clear some doubts to the students, to be able to maybe sit down with the students for an hour or two on maybe a weekly basis and be able to clear the concept that teachers may not be able to do so over the online medium.
2: Yeah, I think that that makes sense. If you can hear from your man on this, what do you think about this?
0: Um. I don't feel like it's necessary to continue education in the same way that it was happening physically. I don't think that should be the goal of remote learning at all. Um, Maybe the same outcomes of um, gaining knowledge and gaining um, intangible skills, but I don't think we should go about it the same way at all because it's important to understand that um, no one is uh, functioning to their full academic potential right now uh, because of all the events that are going on. Nobody is completely unaffected and nobody is going about um, studying in the same way so it's important to keep that in mind when creating a plan and the goal of online learning should not be to replicate or simulate physical learning but it should be to create a healthy and sustainable alternative to it
2: viraj over to you now um
4: no yeah definitely i agree with the the points ria made as well um but i also believe that uh, there's also the point of so like for example in my first experience uh, we had school for around five to six and a half hours daily, and so um, if a if a parent is required to supervise the student, in such cases, it can also have an effect on what they what they are supposed to be doing. So parents still have jobs to do, household works to do, and many other things. So um, adding a uh, adding a whole another five to six hours in the day to supervise the kid will you know have a lot of obstructions in their way. At the same time, I do believe that uh, with the changing times, nobody is used to this. It it is all—it's new to almost everybody, as we have said. And yeah, the parents are getting used to it, which is good.
2: Yeah. So you know, I think you know, we—I'd have another interesting flip perspective to this question. And so you know, a large part of our country is not in the metro cities, but in the rural and interior parts of our country. And you know, not necessarily. A lot of the parents there are going to be literate, so they they may not be able to very effectively help you know their children sort of cope up with you know remote learning and the issues posed by it. So, what do you think about you know that scenario? Like, what do we do to make the system better when it comes to you know you know where parents cannot effectively aid their students? So, if we can first hear from Miraj on this.
4: So, um, in in. In a situation where the parent is not there, I believe that it also enhances the child's or the other children's um uh, leadership skills. Them taking the responsibility on themselves and um, understanding that they have to, well, one way or another, they will be on their own and they will be having the responsibilities to themselves. So, in a way, it will be beneficial for the children as they'll be learning life skills such as responsibilities. And um, but I also do believe there'll be a large learning uh, learning curve, and it it, it it will take a time, but um,
2: yeah, everything has a positive side. Yeah, that's definitely sound. Ria, what about you? What do you think about you know making the system better for you know our friends who are in the rural and interior parts or whose parents may not
1: necessarily be literate?
3: So, a few days ago, I was reading an article about the rural area, I think a village in Uttarakhand and it actually said that a family put together almost all of their savings to be able to purchase a smartphone for the student to be able to attend online or online classes or watch pre-recorded lectures. So I believe that coming together as a family and working working it out, even if the parents may not be able to provide that much academic support, as long as the children know that their parents are willing to make as many sacrifices for them and the children take it upon themselves to make academics their first priority after their health during these times, I think that it could, in the long term, lead to something much better than what we faced originally
0: three months ago.
2: Arman, would you like to add something to
0: that? Yeah, um, I totally understand Ria's point about uh, families coming together, but I don't know if it should be um, an obligation for the family to have to do that. Um, It might be easier. I read about a village in Malaysia where they created a set of communal devices and communal resources which could be um, shared around the village whenever needed. And whoever needed one would take it and return it um, in the next seven days. Obviously it becomes difficult with the whole um, hygiene and safety measures in place now, but creating a similar, um, hygienic and safe system where a community can have access to devices and resources and use them for education could also be beneficial.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, way of looking at things that maybe, you know, more collaborative, uh, sort of working and, you know, communal sort of sharing of resources might just help ease the problem especially in areas where students don't have access to smartphones or computers or laptops now i'm going to come to a slightly controversial question on this topic but um, again i think it's important for this to be spoken about how well do you think your teachers have adapted to the online medium um and i'd like you guys to be very Standard about it uh because I think it's for the benefit. We have a lot of teachers who are joining us today, so I'm sure they are all looking
1: for some sort of, you know, on how they can improve their teaching styles better. So, you know, if I can come on.
0: Uh, yeah. So in my experience, uh, it's been very, uh, it's been an up and down where some teachers, the younger teachers, are able to adapt um, more easily because they're more familiar with technology, but Some of the more experienced teachers are having trouble changing their entire style of teaching around a new medium in a very short period of time. So um, I think it's important to support the teachers just as much as we've supported the students, because, um, you know, in the past, the focus has been on uh, making the students feel at home and helping them learn better. But um, maybe we should focus equal resources on helping the teachers teach better.
1: Uh, what about you, Ria? What do you think about this? How can teachers, you know, be more effective on the online medium?
3: So I think that it may vary from subject to subject, while keeping in mind the age of the teacher. I completely agree with Arman's points that, you know, the younger teachers would be would be better adjusted to the technology and the online medium. However, that might not be the same for the older middle-aged or teachers. But it also may vary from subject to subject, like a humanities subject, like history, maybe might be easier to teach online. But a subject like math, all schools may not be able to go through with it because that's something that requires attention. So maybe that's something that needs to be kept in mind. But I feel like as for my school, the teachers have
1: adapted very well to the online medium and it's going, it's going as well as it good. What about you, Viraj? What do you think about this question? Do we have Viraj with us, or I think we've lost him? I think we've lost him, right? Yeah, I think so
2: too. Okay. So, you know, actually on the teacher's point, I'd like to come to another related point of this question. Um, And what I was trying to get at is, you know, like when you talk on online mediums, it's not only about, you know, how effectively you're able to use technology tools, but it's also about you having to change your pedagogy styles, right? The way you've been delivering your lectures and all of that. I mean, the way you engage your... Uh, you know, students in a physical classroom is very diff- uh, different from how you engage your students in an online classroom. So, you know, if I guys that you know, uh, what has been your experience with uh, this? How do you think teachers can engage students better on an online platform? What they can do better to you know work on their pedagogy style? So, I think that would be super effective. So, Viraj, I hope you've uh, heard the question because I'd like to hear from you from this question.
4: Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I definitely believe there are many things that teachers can do. So, like, for example, there, there are various things on uh, using technology itself that can help teachers um, uh, have a whole different medium of teaching. So, for example, you're using, uh, you're using platforms like Paint and uh, other apps that can allow you to actually draw and um, you, you use a pen and paper to uh, to show stuff to the, to the children, can be, uh, you know, can be replicating what happens in the classrooms. Um, as well as uh, using uh, websites like popular websites like Kahoot and other places for quizzes and uh, various other things to again um, enhance the, the 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 level of teaching.
2: What about you, Arman? What do you think about this? How can they enhance the curriculum delivery on an online media?
0: Um, I think it's a matter of addressing individual concerns and trying to make sure uh, each student is following along. What my teachers do in class is sometimes. They'll just call out a student's name and say, uh, what do you think about this? Arman?" And if you're not listening, it becomes pretty apparent. So, um, teachers need to adapt their styles of teaching to make them more, um, engaging and inclusive, but at the same time, they don't, um, they shouldn't assume that students will perform identically or even comparably in class. They shouldn't expect, um, students to have the same rates of attention and the same scores and tests as they would have, um, with the switch not in place.
2: What about Yuria? What do you think about this?
3: So I entirely agree with Viraj's point of using platforms such as Kahoot and Paint as they are interactive and it also changes the way that we're learning. I mean, students sit hours at a stretch just hearing the teachers speak, but it makes it more interactive. Another thing that many teachers may, at least in my school, have started implementing are games which bring across a method, which bring across the point that they're trying to bring, that they're trying to make, but it also inter- it also engages the student and it gives them a change and something to look forward to.
2: I think that's pretty, I think we have very comprehensively answered, um, addressed this particular question. Now, you know, I think there's a very important aspect and fundamental issue that I'd like to talk about today. And that is about the mental health of students um so um you know all that we've been reading about today so usually what happens is when you are going to school right so you you are going into a different environment uh, you know you have your friends you're sharing things with them they're there you know it definitely helps you in keeping your mental sort of stability in place but now when you're stuck at home um you know a lot of you know for a lot of teenagers you may not necessarily be like in
1: the best of relationship phase with your parents and it can be pretty exhausting for you to be environment
2: for the student as well as for the parents so how do you think that we can effectively address these mental health issues that students might face due to this you know pandemic and having to be at home not being able to interact with your friends so if I can first hear from Arman about this, what does he think about it? Do you think it's an issue that we need to address?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely an issue that exists and a lot of people are affected by... Um, a lot of my friends personally have talked about how they would like to meet people more and how they feel lonely because obviously they can't relate to their parents in some regards. But I don't know if this is an issue that could be resolved very easily, or at least right now, because uh, physical meetings are completely... Um, off the table. So the only options we have are to connect with our friends virtually and um, for some people that's not um, the same. So I think the only option is to try and increase a virtual interaction, like physical calls where you can see the person's face. Anything that could simulate or mimic a physical interaction would definitely be good, but obviously there's no way to completely resolve this issue.
1: But, you know, if I were to ask you, do you think that there's is there something that we can do from at a school level to sort of address
2: this issue? Like, you know, I think it's be really constructive feedback for all our uh, educators and teachers who are joining us from various schools from different parts of the country.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, my school, for example, has um, instated some welfare counselors who uh, we have a meeting with them weekly where we can in small batches where we can talk to them about how we've been feeling. How, like healthy coping mechanisms, etc., And um, not all schools have the um, resources to hire uh, welfare counselors, but it could always be helpful to speak to someone your own age or someone else at school who's qualified to speak about such things and yeah. try and deal with the issues in a constructive manner.
2: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Via, what do you think about this? What is it that schools can do better to help you know students cope up with their mental health issues due to the pandemic?
3: So while I agree with Arman's point and my school too has asked our student counselors to be available on email as well as call 24-7, we receive almost weekly emails from them telling us exercises we can do to keep our mental health and everything else in check. It can be extremely harsh on the students. So I believe that there are many websites that students could, you know, get access to because... There are many online virtual platforms for people to meet and to be able to talk about themselves. And while a lot of them may be unsafe, there are definitely a few safe ones that students are that is viable for students only. And they could definitely jump onto that. And even if they wish to keep their identity anonymous, if it just means that they can rant and they can take out their frustrations, it could definitely help. So I guess the way the thing that I'm suggesting is just to keep talking about it, even if it's not to someone within your household, as long as you can contact someone and just keep talking and not let the stress get to you.
2: Yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I mean, for all our students joining us there, I think this is some really valuable advice. You guys need to keep the channels of communication open um it's really very essential in these times when generally everybody is facing frustration anxiety it's important for you guys to be vocal about what's going on in your mind uh, to seek help from wherever it is coming from whoever you feel com- comfortable in expressing yourself to and for our school uh, educators out there i think it's really important some you know very constructive um, you know advice coming in from these guys that you know it's important to keep your school counselors um you know stationed and available at all points of time in the day and the night so that if students are feeling any sort of anxiety and frustration we can reach out to them viraj what about you what do you think about this
4: uh i'm audible
2: yeah you're audible we can hear you very so, clearly
4: so um my, my point is that as i mentioned before that um that there are a few cons to remote learning one of them being that there is a lack of social constructs there, there's no physical meaning and that, that can cause, again, many uh, mental health issues as well. And it's for sure, it's something that uh, needs to be um, uh, needs to be tackled. So the, the way of tackling, well, I believe um, that I would consider myself lucky and privileged to be in a school where I'm provided with um, well-being sessions and counselors to um, you, to reach out to whenever I feel the need to. Um, there are uh, other, other schools and places in, the, in, in India where you, that, that is not possible yet. In such cases, uh, I believe that the, the best thing we can do is spread awareness about encouraging uh, talking, talking um, with anybody, as Ria said, not just, it doesn't just have to be with somebody in the family or anybody close to you, it can just be to vent out to anybody, which can really help in such cases.
1: Uh, Thank you so much, Viraj. I think that's a very point. You know, I I have a very good uh, question from the audience. And I think
2: since we're talking about mental health, it's important for me to flag this off here, that what can parents do to keep their child mentally healthy while they're at home? And also, uh, what do you think are pointers that, you know, they could do to create a good, harmonious and constructive environment at home? Uh, So let's start with you, Viraj. What do you think about this?
4: So, um, I believe, uh, with parents, again, it's about acceptance of, um, uh, uh, and acceptance and education, understanding that, um, that, that, that talking about such issues will help and, um, you know, con conversating with your children and understanding that they will be going through some issues with the kind of situation we are, they are in. So, um, the, what, what parents can do is uh, first, um, conversate with them and um on top of that well um you know uh, allow them space so like uh when uh if it depending on what the child the child wants if, he's, if, he, or if he or she is looking for space providing that if if he or she is looking for someone to talk to vent out providing that it's about understanding and i guess educating themselves
1: what do you think we So
3: I believe that I completely agree with Virat that it's important for parents to keep the conversation going. But for parents and children who may not have such a good commute, that may not have such a good relationship to suddenly be locked up in the house altogether, it could be a challenge and it could just be tough for the parents to want to one day talk to their children. So. I believe that they can maybe start by, by doing the smaller things like playing a game together or just increasing the time that you actually spend talking to your child. Definitely not about maybe issues as big as mental health, but maybe just interacting and wanting to know what's happening with them. And maybe that could lead to not only a better strain of communication, but also a better way of relationship.
4: I agree with what you said here.
3: Yeah. I think Kritika was facing some issues. Yeah.
0: Um, but on that note, um, I like personally, I'd be very suspicious if my parents suddenly said, um, why don't we just talk about your mental health? So, um, I totally agree with you Ria on, on, the idea of it being small steps and that's how you can, um, reach the end goal of having open communication.
4: I agree with that. I feel like, um, especially the, the point Ria made about, um, uh, them like, you know, playing games or so just spending time together really helped.
2: Yeah, I think that was pretty uh, like, I think the idea of spending more time and creating these avenues of activities that you can do together. I think that would really help in fostering that bond between the parents and children and sort of open up the communication channels. So I totally agree. What about you, Arman? Do you think what are, you know, some interesting ways we can create a more constructive environment at home?
0: Um, so, yeah, uh, I was talking about it earlier that, um, I would be suspicious. If my parents suddenly came up to me and said, how is your mental health? How are you feeling? because um, if you haven't created that kind of open relationship beforehand it becomes tough to suddenly open up so um, i totally agree with ria's idea of starting with smaller steps and um, as parents if you're not comfortable hearing about that kind of thing you can always go through a counselor or another service um, that could kind of mediate so that's always uh, an option
2: that's great guys i think we have flagged some really important issues now to come to you know i think the biggest thing that everybody's talking about today that great we have online education going for us remote learning is happening and all of that but in a country like ours where internet is a matter of privilege how do we deal with accessibility issues i mean i if i if i remember correctly you know i read somewhere that only eight percent of the households in india have access to a good and strong internet connectivity. So, you know, in a situation like this, how do you uh, ensure that learning and education is uninterrupted for all the students in our country? So first I'd like to invite Arman to share his answer on this question.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, the obvious solution would be, oh, let's just solve the internet connectivity issue and then we can start um, remote learning, but it's uh, very, very difficult with, as you said, if the numbers are that low. So the first step would probably be creating offline resources that you could use, um, creating workbooks or resources that students can fill in or um, pre-recorded things that you can uh, view on TV. And uh, I know one school in Vietnam started a thing where um, they have a workbook to fill in students um, and they all send it off to a certain address where a teacher marks them and sends them back and it's all completely safe and sanitary. So um, doing something offline like that could definitely um, alleviate any issues that, um, sporadic connectivity could cause.
1: What about you, Viraj? What do you
2: think? How can we address issues of internet connectivity in a country like ours?
0: Right.
4: Um, I agree with uh, what Amar said. Um, but also, um, so in a country like ours, where, you know, immigrant workers were, and, and a large amount still are living day by day and had nothing to eat. Uh, when confronted by a lockdown for their children having access to devices that are compatible for remote learning is simply a luxury that is not accessible to masses and as you mentioned 8% are not even uh, open to internet connections so um and so a responsible citizen of our country what i can do is to you know share my resources uh, with, with, under, with the underprivileged as much as as i possibly can so you know Providing whatever help I can, but as a country, I believe um, pinning it on the government will not just solve the issue. That's a that's an opinion that people can have. That, that um
1: I think we lost him, did we? But uh, yeah. the,
4: the public private companies can you know partner up, and like like you said, geo. Can uh, you know partner up and help the, these minorities, as you said, the eight percent, um, and, and so the, the rest uh, of ninety-two um, percent, and you know increase the uh, increase not just the internet a- accessibility, but also uh, provide um, other mediums like uh, offline mediums that uh, Armand mentioned, like the Vietnam system.
2: Right. So I mean, so Armand's flagged off, you know, the the need to uh, sort of work on our offline modes. Um, You know, Viraj has highlighted an increased role of public-private partnership to, you know, increase access to internet connectivity. What do you think, Riyab? How do we we resolve this problem today as a country?
3: So, I agree with with Viraj's points that we can share our resources. One of the drives run by the parent association of my school were collecting devices that may be even a little damaged, but still usable, and the parent association would get them fixed and they would provide them to to the rural areas where maybe even two three students who are a part of the same family or a part of the same grade and live nearby and know that there's not no such danger of contracting the disease they can share it together so i believe that geo for example when it was launched in 2016 it completely changed the face of digital india and india received so many users in India and so many spots received Wi Fi connections that would that we perceive would never be possible. So I believe big institutions such as Geo could maybe focus educational platform and provide and give their resource and help help the educational department with their resources and maybe plan an alternative that could help students who don't who don't have access to the internet because we are honestly privileged to have so.
2: Yeah, I think I totally agree with you on this. Now, you know, there's another very interesting thing. So, you know, everybody who delves in the area of online education, and this is, I'm talking about even like pre-pandemic times, uh, you know, everyone would believe strongly that um, online education actually augments personalized learning. What do you guys think from your experience? If I could first hear from Ria, uh, do you think that, you know, online education actually uh, augments personalized learning for students?
3: So I believe that online education is definitely not as personal as a real life classroom situation would be. Teachers, many students, because of unstable Wi Fi connections, even in big metropolitan cities, keep their videos off and teachers don't know how much they're actually assimilating through. Teachers obviously they aren't able to correct notebooks as such. Some schools have started implementing the system of online homework of submitting it through emails and other forums. But it's not the same as for a teacher to sit down and open a notebook and to be able to see the progress of the child that they've made. And obviously, online corrections is also difficult for teachers. And I also believe that one more thing is, in reality, when a teacher teaches a student, they can look at the faces of the students and just understand how much they are getting and how much of the concept is clear to them. But that's not the case with online education. They, the teachers can't go to each student and clarify their doubts the ways that they can in a real
0: situation.
1: I think I agree
0: with you. What about, what do you think about it, Arman? I think uh, Ria made some really good points. And um, for senior school especially, I don't think learning is any more personalized. In fact, I think it's exactly the same because we're following a very, very rigid syllabus that you have to cover a certain set of points and then you're done. But um, something like junior school, like seventh grade or eighth grade, which doesn't follow maybe a particular um, board or syllabus, um, it's definitely an opportunity for it to be more privileged uh not privileged uh personalized um although i don't know if that's been implemented it's definitely an opportunity to move towards that and um when creating lesson plans it's important to now take attention of the students interest because that's how you ensure that a student will do the work and show up to the classes and do everything expected of them
2: absolutely Viraj, do you think differently on this
1: issue
4: um, I, I agree with what Ria said and um, well okay so I believe the online mediums are not as personalized obviously um, but this, so, so that's caused because of uh, a number of virtual barriers which hinder the interaction between teacher and student which links back to um, Arman's old point about the teacher not you know um, believing even that, um, that, that your internet might not be working or xyz um, and in, in addition some students prefer or are more benefited from a different method of learning, like so, such as visual, hands-on, and auditory, and like the, these kind of methods can be difficult to impossible to accommodate with a, a remote learning platform.
2: Right. Um, so you know, I'm gonna now. You know, I noticed that we're coming towards the end of our session. So you know, I wanted to know from you guys now that now we being exposed to online education. Do you think that you know this has made all of you more amenable to the idea of taking online courses in other disciplines that are offered by other online platforms, such as be it Coursera, EDX, Upgrad, et cetera. So they're like a bunch of courses, you know, on diverse set of subjects that you don't regularly get to study in school. But obviously earlier there was, you know, this hesitation in the mind of students that, you know, online courses, you were not even exposed that much to online education. But now with being exposed to online education, do you think that, you know, it's made you more open to the idea of taking these courses? If any of you guys have taken the courses, would you like to share your experiences with us here? Because we have a bunch of students who have joined us. So I think it's going to be very inspiring for them also to hear from you guys and sort of, you know, make up their mind if they want to take up these courses. So I'd like to first ask Viraj, what does he think about this?
4: Um, yes, for sure. I agree that um, it has made me more amenable to the idea and the exposure of online learning it, uh, in itself. Has like, has led me to develop my skills that that are most suitable for this online media, which can then further help me with uh, other uh, courses I might take in my life. So using these skills now, I can avail services from miles away, like uh, gaining knowledge like uh, gaining knowledge from people um, on Coursera as um, and I'll give an example as well. So I sitting in India can now benefit from a, a educator outside of India and with, with like with highly acclaimed faculty. And renowned institutions around the world so undeniably um, this is an advantage that i now enjoy because of the skill, because of learning the skills uh, from the online media and so for example i i taken a Coursera course for berkeley for uh, business management and um they had pre-recorded classes which i found to be more helpful as it was easier for me to go through the, the classes in my own time and then go through the worksheets and the tests on in my own time it was as if I was doing um, a school classes learning, uh, learning as as I would at school, but learning about what I wanted to in my own time and availing from its uh, benefits by doing the tests.
2: Uh, what about you, Arman? What is your experience on this?
0: Yeah, so um, I took a couple of courses as well um, as Viraj did. I took two courses on HarvardX X on EdX, um, and I think that in that way it's made. Uh, high quality learning more accessible but again we have to think about the privilege we have as people with access to internet and access to these websites and also um, most of these courses are not accessible to special needs students um, i have a few friends who are um, visually impaired and they could not take these courses since they were not um, like the reading material was not audit really, sort of there was no um, sound given with the reading materials yeah, so they yeah. couldn't um, complete the coursework um, so i think while it's important to increase um, or widen our horizons since now we don't have commuting time we stay at home all the time we can use that time to um, increase our knowledge and um, gain new skills but it's also important to make these opportunities accessible to um, all kinds of people
2: yeah i think you're so right there and i'm so glad you flag up the issue of you know children who might have special needs and you know how we're not catering to them what do you think ria
3: So I agree with all of the points made so far by both Virat and Arman. It's extremely important to keep in mind the students who have special needs, who may want to expand their horizon and they they also might want to learn stuff which may not be taught within school. But given given the fact that there's no sound provided with the reading material, it would be extremely tough to ask a family member to sit down with them for hours and and ask their help. So that's something that we definitely need to work upon. But without this point, it's something that I strongly agree with, that when I am doing an online course, like I took one from Yale University this year, and while I am doing that, I'm learning something that I want to at my own speed and time, and it's something that school may not be equipped to be able to teach me. So the, just, the, just the fact that I know that I'm doing school online has opened up my mind, and it made me realize that there's so many more avenues that can be discovered.
1: I think,
2: you know, that's some really valuable stuff coming from you guys. Now, before I close the session, I have my last question to you guys, and I think this is slightly a loaded question. So India is known to have a low gross enrollment ratio, especially when it comes to higher education institutions. Um, And also one of the biggest reasons of this is affordability of higher education. So do you think digital education is going to be India's answer to improving our gross enrollment ratio? As well as, do you think that, you know, digital edu- uh, education would, will actually help make education more affordable in India? So Ria, if you can start off first.
3: So from my own experience, coming from a private school from Delhi, the tuition fees that you would be paying to our school has definitely reduced if we're going in terms of affordability from online education, but it's not such a big specific amount. So there would only be certain areas that would be reduced, such as the bus fee or maybe the lunch money. But affordability may not be so much in the question, but definitely I see a digital revolution coming as a citizen of a country. And I feel like in a few years, we will be advanced enough to make digital education. If not an alternative, then definitely something that can work side by side along with our schools. So say a student is not feeling well enough to attend school that day. Then by the time that we are moving forward, there may be an alternative for them to be able to sit in class through their own houses. So it's definitely a question of how the future comes along, but I see it's in an upward trend.
2: Yeah, what do you think, Armaq?
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with Ria on the fact that um, people are becoming more open to digital platforms and that could definitely be the way forward. But um, as for affordability, I don't know if affordability of online education matters if you don't have access to internet or if you don't have access to devices. Right. because however affordable it is you're still not going to be able to avail of that opportunity um, and even if it's in person and more affordable it's this will transportation costs housing costs and schooling costs that you have to factor in so i think working on um, affordability overall of education could be um, beneficial and online education definitely one way to achieve that but not the only or most optimum way in my opinion
2: what about you Viraj? what are your closing remarks on this question
0: uh so i definitely do
4: agree with what ria said and um, um i have a few points on what i said too. do uh, they're uh, making uh using online uh, education has helped us in many ways and it's and it's also you know uh, equipped us for future if um anything of the forbids or any anything else causes anybody to not be able to physically be in an educational platform they are still able to use uh, online resources to still join in and use the uh, thing so it's not, it's not it's not just for people who cannot afford but it might also be for people who are quite physically incapable to uh, attend um in addition to what um uh, Arman said that uh, um, affordability is not a aspect i believe it can be helpful so it, it obviously as Ria said it's not a great amount that's provided but um uh, considering this the, the this the, the times right now and uh, you know, it's uh, the the times that have, have affected everybody and everybody's income, and um, uh, many families will be benefited even by the slightest bit for, for such platforms if, if the fees are reduced, which will again then in the future in hindsight help in in the growth of the economy. So, um, there there are the advantages and disadvantages in the whole uh, use of educa- uh, online education, and yeah, that's it.
2: I think that's the most balanced answer we could have possibly ended this session with. Um, I must tell you guys, I just ran a poll on whether people enjoyed this particular episode and hands down 100% of our members of the audience said that they completely loved the session. Um, There's such amazing feedback that's been coming to me in chat box. People love the fact that there were so many fresh perspectives from you guys and they love the format of the session. So it's all kudos to all of you. I think each of the answers that I've heard um they are so unique um it's so fresh from what we've been hearing otherwise so i think props to you guys it's time to pack your guys uh, pack your back and you know because you've done a fantastic job on this uh particular session and thank you so much to each and every one of you i know you guys must be you know swamped with a lot of schoolwork, your online classes exam preparation all of that so it was very sweet of all of you guys to take our time and to share your perspectives with us today and all of our audience members who have joined us today. And I must tell you that we've had a great engagement rate on this particular episode. We've hardly had people who have dropped out and they've been stayed put for us with uh, with us for the entire, entire episode. So thank you so much, Arman. Thank you so much, Ria. Thank you so much, Virat, for joining us today. And for the ones who are joining us in our audience, we're going to be back again in the next two weeks with the next episode of Express With You Students Speak, where we are gonna be talking about the boys locker room issue. Um, so I really hope that uh, many of our members of, you know, the audience who are students, if you guys want to be featured as panelists, as we discuss the boys locker room, please do write, uh, write to us. I have given you two email IDs in the chat box. So I'm hoping uh, to, uh, you know, hear from all of you, and we would love to have you guys as student panelists in our next episode. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Thank you so much again to all our panelists for joining us. Stay safe, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. See you in two weeks.
4: Thank you, Kritika.
1: Thank Thanks you for, for having you.
4: us. Thank you.